Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. You're listening to Coach Rita on the LOA Radio Network. Many say that the law of attraction doesn't always work. And Coach Rita would like to show you why it's not working. During this hour, you will gain great insight that will help you to make easy changes to become the great co-creator that you came here to be. Tune in and discover your missing link to the Law of Attraction with Coach Rita Hurry. Hello, hello, hello everyone. Coach Rita Hurry is here again for yet another show on Law of Attraction Radio Network. Well, I'm excited about the show today as I have Linda French as my special guest Linda is the Managing Director of APM Associates, a casting director, actress and life coach. She shares her journey with me as well as sharing very positive tips and advice to keep your dreams alive. So stay tuned for that later on in the show. But first, yes, it's time for Coach Rita's Corner. And before I begin... I just have to say a huge thank you to those listeners who have emailed me thanking me for the show and how it has inspired them. This means a lot to me as this is my main reason for doing the show. Now we all have a gift and we should never feel it's not good enough to share with the world. So I want you to move away from the limits of I can't to I can and trust that you will. So thanks again. And if there's anyone who wants to just send me an email, let me know your thoughts on the show or anything, please Continue to do so because I do enjoy hearing from you. Also, our new issue of the Science Behind the Law of Attraction magazine is out now with Joe Vitale on the cover. And it is packed with great features and articles, as always, from some great experts in the field, including my guest from my last show, Jamila A. Shabazz. I also have an article in there entitled, We Are All Superheroes. And in this article, I actually cover the topic of us forgetting that we do have unlimited powers, I guess you could say, to to make our life the way we want it and to achieve what we want. And I kind of refer that to being a superhero just without the weapons and the costume or you know if you feel like wearing the costume that that, that's fine it's entirely up to you but um but in a way we forget this and we forget that we are all energy beings we are all spiritual beings first and foremost which means that we can achieve so much greatness and we can be the superhero to ourselves So please check out this article along with all the other articles. And if you haven't subscribed, please do so. You won't regret it. And I will honestly admit it is a great read. And I'm not just saying that because my article is in there. I'm saying that generally there's a lot of great experts out there who um, will give you lots of tips, lots of guidance on different areas, different topics that will open your mind and and get you understanding the law of attraction even more and also 
there's great advertisements there of people who who can help you move forward if you if you feel you need a certain area of your life that you need some sort of guidance on there are so many experts out there and you know we're trying to kind of reach out to them and get them out there and and bring them to you on this magazine and also on our radio network so make sure you subscribe to that magazine um, and it's now available in print as well so so that's brilliant well let's get on with the show so today I want to talk about the big topic money now many of us see money as the ultimate struggle so so many books have been written about how to manifest it yet still we keep asking the same question over and over again now money has a label of being a taboo subject if you love money and want lots of it you're seen as being greedy if you settle for what you have and although you may want more but feel it's not right you're seen as humble so can we not be humble and be rich at the same time of course we can money is a friend to us all it is there for us if you want it and ask for it it is there vibrationally it's already done but are your subconscious feelings getting in the way do you allow yourself to ask but not allow yourself to receive and I'm gonna mention that question again because I think it's a big one do you allow yourself to ask but not allow yourself to receive do you bring up your old beliefs about money and therefore block any opportunity of it coming your way this can be simply believing that money can only come to you via a job by limiting how money can come to you you have already put the walls up so riches won't flow to you in abundance I'm here to say to you please stop doing this that's my polite way of saying it please stop doing this but really stop doing this remember in my first show I mentioned that a belief is just a thought you think about all the time so just as easily as you can change your thoughts you can change your beliefs now if you realize that money is energy we are all energy so money can and always does flow to you but you have to be ready to receive it so that means you have to put down the negative thoughts about money and how difficult it is to attain and open your life to know that many opportunities are out there that enable money to flow to you your employer the bank the government or parents or anyone else they don't hold your money they are not the ultimate ones who decide if you should be rich or if you should be poor you decide that the universe has an abundance of money waiting for you it's unlimited you almost have to think about that it's um, this unlimited bank account that's up there and every time you go and ask for a certain amount of money it's there it's waiting for you vibrationally um, 
it's almost sometimes if you think of it in terms of if you're going away and you order currency over the internet and you decide you're going to pick it up maybe um, at at the airport or somewhere else and you've agreed a spot where you're going to go and actually pick up the money, that money is there waiting for you. That's the same with our Universal Unlimited Abundance Bank. It's there. And you can say, I want this amount or I need this amount. You ask. As soon as you ask, you let go. You know that it's there. Vibrationally, it is there. But you have to believe this. You have to know it. You have to own it. You are the one that decides whether you are rich or poor. So you've done the asking, but are you doing the allowing? Are you allowing the money to come to you? Do you see it as readily available whenever you need it or want it? If you do, it will come to you. It always comes to you. It will maybe start off in small chunks, but it will come to you. If you don't believe that and you do believe that your employer, the government, the bank is the one that's in charge of your money. If you see that your account, you look at your statement and you see that the account is is on an all-time low. Is that what you base your belief on? That's just a stepping stone. That's just the current state of this current situation. But that doesn't mean that that's a be all and end all. That doesn't mean that you cannot have the money that you want. It all depends on you and what you decide and what you believe. It is unlimited. But you have to get out of your own way. You have to allow money to come to you and see it as readily available whenever you need it and want it. We all deserve to live a prosperous life. We were born to be happy, not to suffer. So move away from thinking you are not good enough or you shouldn't be rich. You are co-creators in your own life. So if you want to create a more abundant life for yourself, go for it. There's nothing stopping you except yourself. Now, I know that sometimes this can be quite difficult for, for people to, to be able to do this themselves. So if you feel you need coaching regarding the subconscious blockages you have around money, please feel free to email me for a free coaching session via Skype, quoting the show you're missing link to the law of attraction and we can work on this together I have also recently set up an email coaching program where you can receive unlimited email coaching support on any subject for one month and so if you feel that that would be ideal to help you with your subconscious blockages around money and being able to, to change your thought patterns, to change your beliefs, to be able to be open to money and change your financial situation, then this could be a great opportunity for you. I am currently offering all listeners on the Law of Attraction Radio Network, so that's not just listeners to my show, but listeners to all the shows on the Law of Attraction Radio Network, so to all listeners globally, I am offering a 50% discount for one month of unlimited Law of Attraction email coaching support. So instead of paying £125, you will receive this package for one month for £62.50. So that's 50% off, obviously depending on what currency you are um, that can be worked out, but it's there. So if you're interested in this package in regards to helping you with money or any other situation in your life, or if you want to actually take advantage of the free coaching session, plus you want to sign up for the 50% discount on the email, I'm feeling generous. Over here in the UK, um, 
it's Easter time and all the schools are off and the sun's shining. So I'm feeling generous. So if you want the free session plus the 50% discount on the email coaching sessions, then I'm offering that to all Law of Attraction Radio Network listeners. So please get in touch with me. Email me at info at coachrita.co.uk. So that's info at coachrita.co.uk. Quoting the show, your missing link to the law of attraction. And let's get you on that journey to financial fulfillment. Let's get you moving forward. Let's let's empower you and, and enable you to be the co-creator that you truly are. So anyway, we are going to take a short break now, but don't go anywhere as I have Linda French coming up after the break. So please stay tuned. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network, heard by millions worldwide through 38 internet radio stations and in over 135 countries. Be sure to sign up for your monthly updates and get all the latest information on LOA radio events such as cruises, workshops, and seminars, as well as information on the latest shows, topics, and guests. Go to LOARadioNetwork.com and sign up today. It's here. It's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. That's lawofattractionmagazine.net. Welcome back everyone to the second half of your missing link to the Law of Attraction show. Today on the show I have Linda French as my special guest. Linda is the Managing Director of APM Associates, managing clients currently working in theatre, film, television, radio, voiceovers, corporate and commercial productions. Linda is also a casting director, a qualified life coach, and an actress. Linda, welcome to the show. Good morning, Rita. Hi. Um, Well, thank you for being here. And from looking at your bio, which you kindly sent to me, we're going to kind of like go back to... um, growing up in the 60s when it seems that you did a lot of traveling throughout Europe. Um, what was that like for a young girl and did the experience encourage you to be a free spirit or was that something that was already embedded in you? I don't know. I've never really thought about family holidays in that way and being a free spirit from them, but I think the answer can only be yes. I mean, in those journeys, uh, if you think of them in the relation to the law of attraction, there's a great similarity. We had a destination, rarely followed a map, just enjoyed the adventure and usually reached the destination. Um, Those journeys were a fantastic experience for a child. And of course, it was quite unusual then for people to travel quite so extensively. My father was Polish. So on a number of occasions, we would, our destination would be the family farm in Poland. And crossing the Iron Curtain in those days was something like a John le Carrier book. We had our car searched, we had the caravan searched. On one occasion, we were driving through the Black Forest and we got followed by secret police. Oh, wow. (laughs) And when we pulled up, they'd turned their motorbikes off and Mm -hmm. snuck through the woods to us and went through absolutely everything. I mean, you can look back at some of it as being amusing. They were fascinated by the Kellogg's cornflakes, which, of course, in those days you couldn't get in eastern Germany, and actually tipped all the cornflakes out. I'm not sure what they were looking for. They could have been looking for the toy, I suppose. Um, And I guess those journeys made me grow up expecting to experience life. You know, the travel widened my horizons and encouraged me to be, as you say, a free spirit. Mm. 
you know, I expect, I grew up expecting each day's journey to be an adventure and have a wonderful destination, I guess. Brilliant. And did you actually find that um, as you were growing up that every day was an adventure? I guess it must have been actually going through what you went through on your journey. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I suppose so. What it is, is when you've travelled that much, at a time when I suppose what people, a lot of people were doing was going on package tours, going on aeroplanes, and that's a fabulous experience. I mean, my goodness me, when I was a child, I was so wanting to go on a package tour. But looking back, I realised that we did have some adventures. Um, when you, you know, you get a chance to meet new people, you get a chance to taste new foods, see fabulous historic buildings. I mean, some of my memories from those long summers were pulling over in a, having a picnic and in the distance was an amazing chateau and the sun was setting. And I've got that in my mind's eye always. It was stunning. I must have been about 11 or 12. Yeah. Uh, but what a fabulous opportunity to see that. It was way off the beaten track because my father used to follow his nose rather than a map. And... Um, We've my grandmother's family were French, so we spent quite a lot of time traveling through France. As I had an uncle who disappeared during the war, and I think the family tried to believe for many years that he ended up in France, but I think it might have been a slightly different ending. Uh, but we had a fantastic time looking for him. Oh, brilliant! So it just sounds like a total adventure. I mean, did you? find that obviously mentioning about your father following his nose um so to speak is that something that you've actually taken on board or are you a bit more of a planner um i think i have to be both really uh, i remember before my father died asking him some advice on a problem that had occurred and we were discussing it and he said anyway he said follow your instincts mm. he said you've got great instincts he said what do you think you need to do and it is listening to that still, small voice inside you. And how does it feel? Yeah, wise words, definitely. Brilliant. Mm -hmm. So you also, you made um, the transition. You went into drama school to train as an actor. Was this something that you'd always dreamt of doing? Uh, well, I loved literature and poetry when I was growing up and read at every opportunity I could. When we travelled, I took as many library books as I could possibly check out of the library. Those stories opened doors to other people's lives and emotions. Books gave me an insight into how other people lived. The first Shakespeare I studied at school was Julius Caesar, and I was so excited in the yeah. time beforehand. Uh, but I had by then already read the Charles and Mary Lamb Tales from Shakespeare and knew that I'd read them numerous times and those interpretations of the stories from Shakespeare in a book that was actually written 200 years ago had whetted my appetite and drama school gave me the opportunity to bring the characters to life and study other people's lives. Brilliant. So um, did you find, I mean, did you find that it was actually quite easy to train as an actor? Did you feel that this was a calling almost that yes you know because it's I mean some of us like to actually act and be someone else can be quite daunting but did you find it actually was part of who you were because you actually fell in love with those books and enjoyed reading and enjoyed bringing it to life yes and I guess with acting and going to drama school if it was easy everyone would do it and you probably have to be slightly mad to do so <laughs> um yeah I mean uh, you know when you go to university people spend 15 hours a day a week at uh, uni at drama school you spend probably a minimum of 15 hours a day okay. and um it's it's an emotional journey as well as an intellectual one um, because that's what you're actually dealing in. Uh, you're, you know, that you're dealing with people's emotions and the psychology of the makeup, uh, and it was a fascinating opportunity to do that. Yeah. Um, not easy, but I guess like everything else, I've set myself in life. I was determined to do it and be the best I could. Brilliant. So obviously getting into character um i mean was there any scene or was there any um 
production that stands out in your mind that is would you say was is close to your heart that you actually did at drama school or in your acting days oh I don't know I suppose there's such a kaleidoscope I mean what popped into my head was the diary of Anne Frank that we studied and we did sort of abridged versions of, of that um just some scenes but obviously you know that was a, a hugely emotional journey especially as I felt quite a connection with my father being Polish and he'd had spent a lot of time in Holland as well mm-hmm. and um the other one and I hope I've got the title right was um about Anne Kip Kelly the blind deaf and dumb girl uh, that was a real sensory experience as, mm. from that point and of course the musicals Guys and Dolls West Side Story uh, which were on a much much lighter note yeah. um, and I also played Portia when I was at drama school uh, from The Merchant of Venice and I find that that's one of the Shakespeare's that as you grow and as you mature and have more experience of life, your understanding and your interpretation of that play change completely. Mm. Um, I think when I did that, when I was between 18 and 21, you probably look at it from a much more superficial point of view. Uh, but as you grow up, you actually realise that the emotions, you know, of how badly the Jews were treated and Shylock and how superior Portia is and um, her friends that are in that. And that the laws were very, very I'd say lopsided, very biased towards or against Shylock. Uh, but I'm not sure I actually saw all of that back then in my late teens, early 20s. Yeah. Okay, so now going on from that, tell us about the Blitz days and hanging out with the late Steve Strange. Oh, my gosh, they were great. Uh, you know, it was Hollywood goes to Great Queen Street, Covent Garden. <laughs> uh, my ex-husband, Chris, he's, is an artist and he sometimes used to take photos at Blitz and it was fantastic. We used to go out looking ever so glamorous and decadent. And I spent ages trawling through jumble sales, going to second-hand shops, buying fabulous old 1930s and 1950s clothes and taking them home and adapting them so that going out every Tuesday, you looked like something else entirely. <laughs> uh, and you couldn't buy those outrageous clothes on the high street then. And of course, as well, you know, the music was quite different to a lot of what you were hearing on the radio yeah. um, you know Spandau Ballet were just starting Devo Human League Craftwork of course Bowie and Grace Jones yeah. and it was just fantastic you know it was a great experience I remember going out once with some a female friends and we we were all actors and dancers and we wore complete whole ballet makeup and and went out wearing leotards and I hate to say it now but sort of first shoulder things and foxes and uh, you know I've got some great photos yeah. it was great fun it was totally totally different and in fact when I thought about this last night you know that was 7980 uh, then after that 1981 Chris and I did terribly grown up and bought our first house um, so I guess that must have been my swan song before getting <laughs> nearly sensible and nearly grown up <laughs> I think those days it was really about being different, wasn't it? And being unique, you having your own image. Oh, gosh, yes. And I'd always loved the music scene. I mean, back when I was 15, I used to go to the Roundhouse uh-huh. on Sunday afternoon to this gig that was called Implosion. And I saw some amazing people there, uh, you know, The Who, Elton John. Yeah. And we used to chat the guy up on the door and he used to give us a free stamp and get in. That, of course, didn't happen at Blitz. Uh, Steve Strange wanted his money out of it. But, you know, I think it was something like two pounds membership and a pound to get in, uh, which, quite honestly, now is che- is a cheap, cheap at half the price. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Bring back those clubs, eh? <laughs> OK, so... Now, tell us about um, your business. How did it start and what made you launch into this venture? Well, after Chris and I split up, I had sole custody of our son because we decided that Chris was probably a much better 
artist than he was as a dad and as I used to say to my son I was a great actress but I was also a wonderful mummy so I decided that he, that's how it was going to be uh, which I thought was a very positive way to put it uh, well anyway I had to think of something to earn money um, I moved to my current house because my mother had a hotel in the village and for a while actually I was a bed and breakfast landlady um, I wasn't too good with the full English but I was fantastic at laying out the continental breakfast just <laughs> in their rooms um, and it, you know I, I then started going back to auditions and castings as well and there, although I did have a very supportive extended family for Alex at the time, there were, of course, occasions when I did have to take him to castings and auditions. And he was very cute and he'd sit on someone's lap while I was auditioning. And so, of course, he's known some of these casting directors that I'm dealing with now since he was a bump, in fact. Yeah. Um, and then on one occasion, I took him to a fitting with me and this runner came in and he was really embarrassed and he wanted me to go out outside and rescue the monitors from Alex who was busily unplugging everything and exploring all the dials and whatever other <laughs> electronical things there were and it was at that point when I really knew I had to think of something but interestingly Alex now does actually have a degree and a master's degree in lenticular photography holograms production technology and lighting okay. so one of us gained from that experience <laughs> that was obviously when he was thinking maybe this is what I'll do <laughs> but when he was little people used to say to us he said, are you going to be an actor Alex and he always used to say no I'm going to be a backroom boy <laughs> which I guess doing lighting he yeah. has become a backroom boy um so I had to think of something. I did lots of research. I weighed up what experience I had. I considered very much going back to university and doing an English degree because of obviously love of literature. And I thought I could have become an English teacher. Oh, why didn't I do that? <laughs> and um, I researched till four and five in the morning and then my bed and breakfast people dealt with them, took Alex off to Montessori school and then got my license. You know, it took me a while to really have the courage to do that. And I used to go to the Actors' Centre for classes. And I went to the class of a wonderful lady called Chris Salt. And through her class at the Actors' Centre, I met eight actors who were all looking for an agent. Okay. And I didn't want to start a co-op. I wanted to start my own business. I wanted something that had legs and would run. So what we did was we delegated all of the duties of somebody running a business had to do. And we turned my dining room downstairs here into a office. Um, I begged, borrowed and stole office furniture from people and we did a fantastic mail out. Some people were on the telephone following up the mail out. Others were posting the letters, putting the stamps on the envelopes. And it was a really successful uh, endeavour. And I thought, God, this is easy. I will carry on. We got two movies and a theatre production. Uh, we got a kiss before dying, nuns on the run, and I got an amazingly lucrative post office commercial. I don't think in all these years I have ever had a commercial that earned as much as that earned me. It was absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, so I carried on and then slowly, obviously, with something like that, people started dropping out and realising that perhaps they didn't want to make a comeback and have an agent. And I ended up with Andrew Levy, his wife, Nancy Herman, and Francine Walker-Lee working for me on a rotor. And, you know, I will always thank them for helping me get this started. Um, Nancy and Andrew moved back to L.A., and Francine sadly died of AIDS, but she was a brilliant friend. Her and her husband were absolutely great in encouraging me to do this. So, you know, I had a good support system. Um, and now, of course, the business has grown. It was I converted the third floor of my house from the loft into a huge attic room. And at one point we had five desks up here. And then when Alex went off to uh, uni... About a year later, I thought, why am I still sitting here? And we somehow got in, and I was thinking we needed an office. 
and I guess this is the law of attraction, I got an invitation come through to the office inviting us to the 007 garden party at Pinewood Studios. It was, of course, July 2007 at the time. And uh, we went along. When I went off to the ladies, I thought, gosh, there's people with offices here. So I snuck up some stairs and I thought, well, if they can be tenants at Pinewood Studios, so can I. Mm. And so it took a couple of months because, oh, God, it was scary. Even on the day I had to sign the contract, I went off to the pub around the corner with my son and sat there phoning everybody I know saying, oh, gosh, shall I do it? Shall I do it? Uh, so, you know, taking that leap of faith. Yeah. Um, and we did. And within a week, we were out of my third floor attic room and moved into Pinewood, where we were for three and a half years, until we moved to Elstree Studios, which is where we are now. So in the last seven years, we've moved on a hell of a lot. That was all down to that 007 party invitation. Brilliant. So, you know, these things happen. You just yeah. have to look out for opportunity. It seems also... Um it's almost that you kind of planted the seed in your mind and then things kind of developed from that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but I'm saying in terms of the people, the contacts came into your life um, in order to start almost the marketing side of things to kind of get that interest to, to start the ball rolling. And then obviously, as you mentioned, you thought about, okay, what am I doing here? I need an office. And then that invitation came through so would you say that from thinking back to how it happened that it's really just all started with a thought oh my goodness yes in fact actually I was when I was thinking of these notes I was using that analogy that the law of attraction is like a seed yeah uh, but you have to nurture that seed you have to put it into fertile ground to give it the opportunity for those coincidences to happen yeah. Um, for it to then grow into the, I mean, if you think APM Associates started off with me sitting on the kitchen stool, talking to my friend and saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do? I really have to think of something. Mm. And I think my life has been very much led by that. Yeah. I've got to think of something. Yeah. And it's also been one of the things I always notice when I'm talking to my guests is being open to to what life brings you I've noticed there is that common theme amongst all my guests including yourself that you are being open you're saying okay what shall I do now so it's almost allowing the universe to answer you as well I totally agree with that and then suddenly you find that your life becomes that series of wonderful coincidences where you meet people sometimes you recognize that's happening sometimes you don't recognize it until you're looking back and you think well, of course that happened and that led to that yeah. um, you know I I think uh, you know I didn't know that they had tenants at Pinewood when I got that invitation mm -hmm. after I'd had that thought of what am I doing here we really need to move out of the here yeah, yeah. and you know the room that was my office I always used to see it as being a fantastic sitting room and I looked at it and it seemed so far away and I couldn't work out how I was going to do that and I mean the first day we moved up here I thought oh gosh why didn't I put a balcony out there and now it's a sitting room and I've got a balcony out there looking over the woods and it wasn't given to me. I had to work for it, but I planted the seed. Yeah, definitely. Brilliant. So was it difficult running a business and being a single parent? Oh, now, how do you answer that? <laughs> uh, I could say that actually opening that one and say that it was an absolute lonely nightmare at times um but then on the other hand what I did do was I created a, I had an opportunity to create a fantastic support system and a friend of mine actually once called it team Linda and it's a case of bartering what you can do and they barter what they can do and everybody helps each other yeah um and you have to be, when you're running, bringing up a child on your own and you're running a business on your own, you have to be good cop, bad cop. Mm. But um, also what you have to do is you have to make a decision and you have to believe in that decision. Yeah. 
And if you're wrong, you have to turn around and say, okay, I made a mistake. And obviously, I've made some mistakes over the years. But I also know, looking back, that I also made some right decisions. And, oh, gosh, the number of nights when I didn't sleep and I laid there at three o'clock in the morning. But another tip I would actually say is when you suddenly realise that you've got one awful lot of problems, there's more than one problem and they're all coming at you, realising that you have a problem is the first step to solving it. Someone told me that years and years and years ago, and I've lived by that one. And also, only deal with one problem at a time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because nobody can deal with everything unless you can actually delegate some of the problems. Uh, I used, to, I do still, in fact, make an awful lot of lists. Mm. Yeah, I stand by that as well. <laughs> absolutely absolutely fantastic I think every room in my house has got notebooks and I was looking for something in a drawer in the office the other day to give to one of our interns and I said okay here's a tip I said don't do what I've done and I must have had about 15 notebooks in the drawers <laughs> uh, that were full up yeah. uh, I just made lists and ticked them off I mean nearly every day in the office I make a list Mm. sometimes I don't get it all done don't beat yourself up about that just put a little arrow next to it and move it onto the next list yeah Uh, there's only 24 hours in a day and nobody can make more time than there is I think running a business and bringing up a child time management is really important and those lists really really help and they break everything down into bite-sized pieces that are handleable. Definitely. I think going back to pen and paper as well um, really helps me. As you said, having notepads and stuff, I'm not someone to make lists on the computer. I just find putting pen to paper actually releases it as well, saying, okay, this is from me. I know what I have to do. <laughs> yes, when you write it down, physically write it with mm. a, pen, a pencil on a pad, you you feel it. Yeah, definitely. And you can change it much more easily as mm. well. You know, you can go on. I mean, my list, uh, when I go into the office later today, I will probably end up with 20 things on it. I may only do two today. And some of that other 18 might carry on into the next two or three weeks. But the feeling of satisfaction when you tick the items yeah. on the list. And, um, you know, I think... Anybody who's about to start a dream, it's a case of being organised. I was writing some instructions down for one of our interns at the weekend. And I realised just how um, comparable it is to sort of that law of attraction and coping. Um, And I wrote here, if you do not have an exceptionally organized foundation, you'll be creating an unstable structure. And I'm relating this to being an agent. And it's an unstable structure in which to manage your clients. Yeah. Being an agent is about using both your right hand and your left hand brain and multitasking at the same time. Uh, You have to develop skills and become simultaneously creative, technical, practical, financial, understanding, patient, strong, plus make the tea, wash up the cups, whilst balancing the books and a great many other transferable skills that you'll recognise with experience. Yeah, so there's a lot there that um, it's actually because it's your business, it's your baby. So it's really almost a get in and muck in and make this work, you know, and be in the support almost to other people around you as well. Uh, Yes, very much so, because if you think about it, uh, personal management, we're the satellites and the the actors or our small, medium, large-sized businesses that we're dealing with each person. Each one of those actors is a business entity in his his or her own right. I mean, as I say to graduates when I'm running seminars, you are the sole proprietor of your business from the day that you graduate. Mm -hmm. And actors have to be organised. We take for granted that they're very talented, that we've got some of the best drama school training in this country, in the world, in this country. We really have got some amazing teachers, directors. Our theatre and film is just incomparable. To be part of that, actors not only have to be skilled 
and highly talented, they've also got to run that business. They've got to be as organized as I've just mentioned. And being an agent, that's part of our job yeah. um, to help them. And when they're, but the emotional side of it comes when they start to lose faith. Uh, you know, actors expect rejection. It just, it does happen. You know, you go to auditions, you either get it, if it's the right job for you, then you will get it. As I say to my clients, if you don't get it, then it wasn't the right job for you. And aren't you lucky because you're leaving all that space for the right job to come in? Mm, brilliant. So you've also studied as a life coach. Um, what made you decide to do this and how have you incorporated it into your business? Uh, well, it was another one of my phases when I had to think of something. Uh, my father had died. There was all sorts of things going on. Um, Alex, my son had been ill and I hadn't been able to work to the level that I normally do. So, and I decided, that I thought of, I discovered life coaching. And I looked into it and I thought, my gosh, that would really enhance my relationships with clients. Mm. Because there's always that great danger to end game when you're speaking to a client. Because you can see what they need to do, but you can't do it for them. Yes. And I think there's always that danger. And, of course, advice freely given is often advice that is never taken. Um, but if you encourage somebody to think it for themselves, yeah, to discover them and say, look, there is that destination and you can be there to support them, but you're not there to do it for them. And I think that's how I saw life coaching helping. So it helped me not to have that emotional drain when yeah. I was dealing with the clients. And it also encouraged them to go on, which obviously means I've got much more successful clients. And in the 10 years since I did the life coach training, I think my business has, ah, it's grown beyond comparison, absolutely incredibly. It gave me the courage to make changes as well. Uh, as well as that, previously I had written a course called Acting as a Business, which is business preparation for actors. And I've occasionally run seminars and I teach at some of the Red Brick Drama Schools and um, some of the universities as well, uh, which I must say I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy. Yeah. Um, and it just gives actors the opportunity to realise, because at drama school, their job is to teach the talent, to, to nurture that talent and direct the productions but frequently actors come out of drama school and they don't know how to run their business mm. so I deal with actually helping them to amalgamate the skill and the business preparation that's needed so that's really how life coaching has helped it's, it's um, it, it works well that works hand in hand in fact brilliant I think that's something that I've always thought um, is something needed because as you said at the end of the day um, the career as an actor is a business because at the end of the day there's a lot of inner strength that you need and there's an element of marketing and, and believing in yourself because you are marketing you as the person you're you're the brand so you've got to be able to sell yourself as well as yes having an agent but also you are the one that's going to the audition so there is you know that element of you being the business so that that sounds like a great um addition to your business which as you said has, has helped it tremendously do you miss acting uh i think i'm probably acting every day anyway <laughs> <laughs> no i mean i'm surrounded by actors uh you know we've got breakdowns i think this is a development from the going to drama school yeah. um i I like the idea that I've got that element of control. I says, as an actor, you can you can do so much, but you're ultimately waiting for somebody else to make that decision as to whether you've got the job. And in the way that I'm doing it, I'm dealing with it five days a week. Being an agent gives me the opportunity to deal with literature, the plays, the productions, the clients, five days a week, or as in last week, six days a week, so I went into the office on Saturday because I thought of something. I don't do that very often, but um, I felt like I'd really got to jump on the week because there was nobody there to in interrupt me. Uh, yeah, uh, I can't really see me going back to being an actor again. Um, 
I, when I was a child, I always wanted to write a book. I think that might become the next phase of my life or something that I incorporate into what I'm doing. Yes. But I don't think that's quite right and quite uh, quite right for yet. Um, I think I'll know when it is. Yes. Um, so, yes, I, I don't think I would go back. Um, I have been to a couple of auditions in the last few years and it was quite bizarre because one of them I didn't get and it was very strange having to deal with that rejection and actually analyse it but it was probably a very good lesson for me yeah. to get back into empathising how my clients feel yeah definitely uh, you know but as I said before you know if you don't get something it's because it wasn't right for you and it gives you an opportunity for the next thing to come in and that I think is a good principle for life as well Definitely. So, um, speaking of principles, how has the law of attraction principles helped you in your life? Because you've mentioned it a few times, so I can really see it has. So, right. Uh, I guess I, I think those journeys crossing Europe, you know, without a map, following our noses, but always getting to the destination. As I say, was a a very good subliminal lesson from the yeah. law. Attraction, and you know just that attitude of when I grew up I, we were encouraged to believe wanting was the first step to having uh if nothing no, nothing was handed to us you had to do things to get what you wanted and um you have to believe and I think I grew up believing in myself um it's you know the magic is within each and every one of us if you believe i mean recently i made some notes to just see where the law of, of attraction has been apparent because uh, sometimes of course you don't notice that it's that things are happening yeah. i mean there was a really simple one a few weeks ago i was in st albans the town was so busy there were actually queues to get into the car park uh, but I had to do some shopping, and while I sat in the queue, I was daydreaming. And I just had the thought of where I ideally would like to park in the car park. But when I got in, I went round the ground floor twice. Second time round, there was the parking place just where I wanted it, next to the ticket machine, next to the steps and the exit, so that when I did some of my shopping, I could come back down, dump it in the car before going off again. Exactly. Now, that's got to be law of attraction. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> uh, there's always a small. A, sorry, there's always the um, the small manifestation, and many people actually do practice with a car park or um, the traffic lights. But as you said, you were just daydreaming and just almost sort of visualised it, and there it was. Oh my gosh! Yes, I mean when my son was little, uh, we always used to do positive parking wherever mm -hmm. we were. We used to drive round and. If anybody in the car said we won't find a parking place, Alex used to say, don't be silly, we do positive parking. And I have never, ever not found a parking place. I mean, there's been those times when you drive around thinking, oh God, this is nothing. Don't be ridiculous, Linda. Of course you're going to find a parking place. Excellent. Uh, so it works. Uh, I mean, another slightly bigger one in the office a few months ago, we were talking about our technical development, which is a huge part of it. And I'm a technophobe. So we always find somebody wonderful who we can call on to do that. And Chris, who's been doing it for the last year or so, is about to take some exams. So I know that we can't, we, we won't be calling on her so much until June. Yeah. We were having that discussion, making lists, discussing what was needed, what development there was. And I looked at my emails and a French girl had applied for an internship and her unique selling point was her technical abilities. Wow. Uh, yeah, which is quite a big <laughs> And she started last week and will be with us till the beginning of June, at which time... Chris Panover will be back to being available unless she goes back to Ecuador, uh, in which case I have every confidence that I will find somebody else. Likewise, also, uh, Coach Rita, meeting you. I was last year wasn't great. I knew I had to do something, I had to think of something. Uh, so I thought, right, I'm going to get myself a life coach. And I spent hours on a couple of weekends, two or three weekends, looking through life coaches' profiles. And, you know, I found your profile. It was just what I was looking for. So you can say the law of attraction definitely worked there. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so now I understand that you have an affirmation passed on to you by a friend from Sir Anthony Hopkins. 
Um, now, having had a look at this affirmation, I think it's something that will inspire all the listeners. Are you able to share that with us today? I will be absolutely delighted to. And this was given to me by one of those first eight actors, a lady called Patricia Villa. And she knew Sir Anthony Hopkins and he passed this on to me when they went out for lunch. Uh, and it's fantastic. The days that I've felt negative and I've laid in bed and I've thought these thoughts mm-hmm. through and said this mantra before I've got out of bed and before I've gone to sleep. And it took me a few years, but I realised, oh, my God, it works. Yeah. So, today I dwell in the eternal good of an eternal God. I lift my thinking above all sense of limitation. I turn to that power within which transforms I can't into I can I can do all those things I have been afraid to do. I now claim for myself capacities and abilities I have never used before. Success is mine as I accept it for myself. God prospers all and God prospers me. I act with conviction and decision regarding my opportunities. God's nature within me is not limited. I have the wisdom, the knowledge, the energy and the power to reach my goals. Everything necessary to this accomplishment is being drawn to me now in perfect harmony. I release any and all doubts about my right to success. God's nature within me is not limited. It is absolutely beautiful. And, and, and while you were saying it, I was actually closing my eyes and just taking all the words in and it's so true sometimes it's we place the limits on ourselves and almost stop ourselves but once we just as we've said before in this interview just open ourselves up to the universe the limits are broken down and there are no limits that's that's what I take from that whole affirmation it just it's just a reminder of that for me oh yes and in fact if you think about that saying there's nothing to fear except fear itself. Mm. You know, you put that out of the way. I mean, there's that amazing book, wasn't there? The Fear of Flying. You know, feel the fear and do it anyway. Yeah. And um, I think that's what you've got to do. You've got to live life. And if you think something, then what the mind can conceive, then you can achieve it. Yeah. Someone said that to me a long while ago, and at the time things were a bit grey. And I, it took me a while to realise, and I thought, no, hang on a minute. This is ridiculous. I mean, you know, there's nothing worse than being miserable. Mm-hmm. You know, it, but if you actually do take life by, by the horns, so to speak, you can live it. You can, you, you'll be a lot happier doing it. You own, that other saying as well, you only regret the things you don't do. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming out of your comfort zone as well, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Mm. Oh, gosh, yes. And, you know, misery can be a comfort zone as well. But Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and honestly and truthfully, happy feels so much better and it's so much more creative. Mm. If you've got a problem, there's nothing worse than that because it stunts your creativity. Um, and, yeah, it, it is a case of being brave. And I think that affirmation does say it all. Definitely. And that's, that's a beautiful affirmation. So thank you for sharing that with us, Linda. And so where can our listeners go to find out more about yourself, APM Associates? Uh, we have a website, which is www.apmassociates.net. Brilliant. Um, so, I mean, you've given us a lot of tips and guidance Um throughout our interview is there one final message that you'd like to leave with the listeners before we end the interview oh gosh I think I've said so much (laughs) uh right I think actually if anything you know if you've got an idea get organized make those lists and do it anyway you won't regret it uh and the things that are right for you in your life everything will come to you to help you once you've actually sowed those seeds and you nurture that seed and you have that idea um and you'll make it work you know you're meant to be on this planet to be happy the universe doesn't want you to be miserable the universe doesn't want you to be restricted uh, you're here to grow your spirit and you know take every opportunity that you can to do so brilliant 
perfectly said, Linda. Well, thank you so much for being a part of the show. It's been great having you here today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's that time again, everyone, where Coach Rita Hurry needs to sign off. But don't forget to email me your questions or good news stories to share on the show. My email address is info at coachrita.co.uk. So until next time, remember, energy flows where focus goes. So stay focused only on what you want. So until next time, take care. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next week with another great show of your missing link to the law of attraction. For more information, go to coachrita.co.uk. That's coachrita.co.uk. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.